Yo, yo, yo. What's up, my good people? You're tuned into the one and only Life Lessons Podcast, where truth meets reality. And you know my goal is to help people learn how to open up, talk about whatever. You know what I mean? I'm your host, Shook Jackson, so let's get started. Today is a very personal subject with me. It's a subject about my life. It's about my truth, me bringing my truth out into reality and sharing it with the rest of the world. This is a life lesson that I had to learn along the way, and I hope each and every one of you that's listening can learn a lesson also. It's why I believe in angels. It's why I'm always talking about cherish every day, never take any second for granted. Never take any one for granted. And we can always learn from the bad, just like we can learn from the good. And we should always actually cherish the bad just as much as we cherish the good because it's all a learning lesson throughout life. When I was just a young kid, man, I remember growing up, of course, in the neighborhood and, and wanting to be a football star. And that was my, my goal in life back then. I wanted to be a football star. I wanted to be an athlete. And, you know, and growing up, you know, I was pretty good at it. We played football back then in the, in the middle of the street, believe it or not. We would play on the asphalt, tackle football. Yeah, crazy. But that's what we did back in the days growing up in the neighborhood. I was pretty much always a kid that liked being by myself because I've always been a loner. Um, but at the same time, I always liked being around older people because I don't know what it was. I just felt like I can learn something. Even as a young age, I love listening to older people. Anybody around my age, you know, yeah, we go out and play basketball or we'd go walk the neighborhood or whatever. But when it came to really listening to them, I just didn't feel like I was learning anything. And that's crazy because I was just a kid. And I, and I, but I realized I wasn't really learning anything. I was learning something from listening to the older people. And as time went on, of course, I got into music. I, I, I started writing. I became a rapper. I, I loved music. I realized that I had a passion in that. And I realized that, man, I could say something that people would actually listen to. And it was stuff I was learning as I was learning from the older people. Or it was stuff that I was going through in the neighborhood or I would see other people go through in the neighborhood. And I realized, wow, I could write this stuff on paper and um, people would actually listen to this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I was blown away from that as a kid. And then time went by and time went by. And I remember my grandfather always telling me, grandson, there's something different about you. He would always say that even in front of my brothers and sisters and my cousins. And he would pull me up to the front of the room because he would have us all sitting there. And he would pull me up to the front of the room and he would say, you know, I love each and every one of y'all the same. But this boy right here is something about him. 
And not in a crazy, funny way, but he would always say that. I noticed when you talk, people listen. He would always tell me this as a kid. I didn't know what he was talking about, but he would always say that. I noticed when you talk, people will stop and listen. I guess he seen something in me as a kid that I just did not see, of course, because I was a kid. And then as time went on, I started noticing that people would kind of gravitate towards me. You know, I didn't know what it was. I just thought, man, you know, I was a cool cat, I guess, you know. But he would, my grandfather, I would notice him looking at me. And he would always just tell me this, like, you're going to be something. You're going to be somebody one day, grandson. He said, I don't know what it is, but you're going to be something. He said, I could just see it. Of course, again, being a kid, I didn't know what he was talking about. And fast forward, I remember having a concert. Now I'm grown. I remember having a concert in um, Chicago. And we went to the after party in Chicago. And as soon as we walk in the door, this lady tries to run up to me. And the security grabbed her. And I'm, you know, I'm like, man, let her go. You know, it just seemed like the woman wanted a hug. You know, let her go. And uh, anyway, they let her go, and she came up to me, and she was just staring at me. True story, man. She was just staring at me. And I asked her, I said, can I help you? She said, you have this blue aura about yourself. I didn't know what a blue aura was, and, you know, now I'm thinking this woman is crazy. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, you just, when you walked into this place, the whole room lit up. And I'm like, wow, you know, I didn't know what that meant. So I bought the lady a drink. I thanked her for all the, the kind words that she was saying, and I went on about my business. True story. Two weeks later, I was back at home in Tucson, and I went to another nightclub. And the same exact thing it was like deja vu. This lady ran up to me, and she was like just, again, staring at me. Now, totally different lady. One was in Chicago. One was in Tucson, Arizona. And she said the same exact thing that the lady in Chicago said. She said, you have this blue aura about yourself. Now my curiosity is going because now I need to know what blue aura meant. And I asked her and she said, well, you, you just have like this light when you walked in. It's like you had a light around you and I could see people gravitating towards you and all of that. Now, my, like I said, my curiosity is going. And now I'm thinking back to what my grandfather was telling me. And of course, at this time, my grandfather had already passed away. But I'm thinking about all the things that he had told me throughout life, like, you know, people gravitate towards you and. When you talk, people listening. Now, I'm not saying any of this stuff to toot my own horn. And where I'm going with this is, this is how life started teaching me a lesson. This is along the journey of me starting to let my truth become reality. I started realizing that, man, God has a plan for you. You know, and I would really tell myself that. With that being said, now I'm going to rewind because this is what happened to me before all of this. Back in 1995... Never forget it. September 8th of 1995, I pulled up to a nightclub. In fact, the mother of my my oldest daughter, her, myself, and a friend went to a U of A football game. It was a Thursday night. I never forget it. We went to this football game, Georgia Tech and Arizona. After the game was over, I went to drop her off, and I told her I'm going to take my friend home. But I told her, I said, I'm going to stop at this club because I want to check it out. I've been hearing that it's pretty good on Thursday nights. Now, mind you, she's pregnant with our daughter. And she told me, she immediately told me, she said, Pat, I don't think you should go. I said, why not? And she said, I just have a funny feeling in my stomach. I just don't think you should go. I'm like, funny feeling? What do you mean? It was Thursday night. I'd never been there on a Thursday night. I always went 
either on a Friday or a Saturday. So I went to this club. I pulls up and I see this guy, his girlfriend, and another guy standing on the corner. Now, one of the guys is a guy that I got into it with a year prior to that. We got into a fight. He got his butt whooped, all of that stuff, right? And I seen him throughout the year. Never said a word to me. I never said a word to him. And as I was walking across the street, I heard somebody say, F you. And it was him. So I turned around and I, I'm like, man, this dude finally want to fight again. Now, instead of me realizing that he has something up his sleeve, I got happy like, man, he finally want to fight again. And as he's walking towards me, he was reaching behind his back. And I started laughing like, oh, you're going to shoot me, huh? So he pulls out this butterfly knife and probably standing like five feet away from me at this time. And the friend that I was with, he was like maybe three, four feet next to me, but in an angle like where he can actually hit this dude because the dude wasn't looking at him. He was looking at me. So I'm thinking my friend's going to rush and hit him, but he did. But anyway, the guy runs towards me and we're in the middle of the street. So as he's running towards me, I tried to get out of his way and I slipped and fell. And when I'm on the ground, he's on top of me. And I can feel his hand hit me on my chest and went up under my arm. He stabbed me. I didn't realize I was stabbed, so I kicked him and he fell. And when I got up, I noticed I was getting real weak and my shirt was sticking out from the blood, just pouring out. And I said to myself, this MF stabbed me. Anyway, he takes off running. I can see all the bouncers running over there and they grabbed me. And I told one of them, I said, man, I'm finna die because I felt like I'm finna die. I said, man, let me go. I'm finna die. And he slapped the mess out of me. And when he slapped me, it actually got my adrenaline going back. Now I'm functioning again. So they take me over in front of the club and they lay me on the ground. And I'm hearing all these people screaming, you know, that's Suge and all of this stuff. And, and then the police shining the light in my face, you know, asking me who done it. And I'm like, man, forget who done it, man. Get me to the hospital. Now I'm on the hospital bed and the doctors, they got this tube in my throat. I can't even talk. I feel them shoving the tubes in me on my side and it was hurting so i was kicking to let them know it and, and when they turned me on my side i couldn't breathe but i think they thought i was kicking because it was hurting but i was kicking because i couldn't breathe every time they turned me on my side so after they got the first one in they laid me on my back again all of a sudden i could breathe they turned me on my side again because they had to get the second tube in now these tubes they're pushing in is going in between my ribs so it's hurting and i can't breathe and i'm kicking to let these people know i can't breathe that one took a little longer than the other one. I actually died on the operating table. They said I was dead for over four minutes on the operating table. And as I was dying, I'm telling you, this is a true story. This is where my truth meets reality, my friends. I'm literally telling myself, God, I'm not ready to die. Please let me see my first child born. I'm not ready to die. And I guess that's when I started coming back too. And as I came to, I could see this lady standing up over me and it was a black lady with real short hair and she was standing up over me and she was rubbing my head and she was saying yeah that's right baby come back to me i remember that lady's face this is 2020 that happened back in september of 1995 i remember that lady's face today as if it happened yesterday that was at the university hospital down in tucson arizona anyway this lady i'm laying there watching her walk out the room now two weeks later after i got out that hospital my aunt at that time worked at that hospital in fact she still works there i went back because i wanted to thank this lady that i seen when i came to and i asked my aunt lenny to introduce me to this lady and she said nephew i don't know anybody at this hospital that looks like 
the person you're describing. And she had been at this hospital for like, I think 12 years at that time. She took me to the doctor that performed the surgery and I asked him, please, I want to meet this lady. And the doctor told me, he said, Mr. Jackson, there was nobody in the room like the person you're describing. And they're thinking I'm going crazy and I know who I saw. Now, fast forward two months after that, November 18th, 1995, me and some friends are getting ready to go from Tucson to Phoenix to go out and party and all that stuff. And we were leaving Tucson at like 1130 at night. The clubs closed at one o'clock at that time. So by the time we got to Phoenix, the club was going to be closed anyway. My girl told me the same exact thing. Pat, don't go. I have a funny feeling something's going to happen. I didn't listen. Anyway, we traveled to Phoenix. My friends were drinking a lot in the car and all that stuff. I only had one drink. So we get to the club. We sat down in the parking lot. Everybody mingling and all that stuff in the parking lot. I wanted to get us all a hotel room, but nobody wanted to stay. So anyway, we get to the gas station now. There's four of us in the vehicle. We get to the gas station. I immediately jumps in the driver's seat because I was the one that had the least amount of drinks. And at this time, it's like two something in the morning. As he's pumping the gas, I get in the, in the driver's seat, as I said. So when he gets in, I noticed I was the only one that put my seatbelt on. Back then, it was not mandatory to have a seatbelt on. I told them, I said, hey, guys, put your seatbelt on. They started arguing with me. We're not putting no seatbelts on. I said, this truck is not moving until you put your seatbelts on. I had never done that before. Never done that before. Prior to that, I was just jumped in the car and, and left. But something kept telling me to make these guys put those seatbelts on. So after about 30 minutes of arguing, they finally put the seatbelts on. We get like 30-something miles outside of Tucson, I mean outside of Phoenix, headed back to Tucson. They were asleep. I started dozing off a little bit. So I started hitting the little rocks on the side of the road and making that da-da-da-da-da-da noise. My friend in the passenger seat wakes up and just out of nowhere says, Oh, man, and he reaches and grabs the steering wheel, yanks the steering wheel. The truck starts flipping on the highway. We're flipping. I can hear this metal crunching and... I could hear them, oh, mama, God, all this stuff. And the craziest thing about that, what scared me the most about that when I started thinking about it later, is that I was not scared. For some reason, I was at peace as that truck was flipping and turning. I was at peace. All I did was put my arm over my eyes to protect my eyes. The truck landed back on its four wheels. I got knocked out from the crash. What brought me back, too, I heard this noise from a, chainsaw it was a cop and a truck driver cut me out the vehicle they had already got everybody else out the vehicle now i didn't realize that i was hurt at this time all i knew was i had three other friends in this vehicle with me and i was more worried about them than i was myself so when they got me out the vehicle i'm running around i'm calling out all their names y'all all right y'all all right everybody was all right now i didn't realize the right side of the on the top of my head was the, the skin was tore all the way back my right eyeball was literally hanging out. I had to push it back in. This is a true story, my friends. I had to push it back in. One of the cops seen me and he asked me, sir, can you drop down on your knees real quick? I did that. He put this pressure on top of my head and it sent this shock down through me like I had never felt before. And he, he immediately told another officer, hey, we got to get a, a chopper out here. This guy has a fractured neck. Helicopter came. They flew me back to Phoenix, Maricopa County Hospital. I never forget it. 
the very next morning when I woke up. Now, mind you, this is in Phoenix now, not Tucson. The very next morning when I came to the same exact lady that I had seen September 8th down in Tucson, the same exact lady was standing up over me, rubbing my head, saying, that's right, baby, come back to me. And as I watched her walk out the room, as other doctors were walking into the room, that's when I knew I had an angel. And that was the starting point of me. First of all, when somebody say, hey, Pat, hey, Shug, I feel I got this funny feeling. I listen. If my gut is telling me something, I listen. That's where I start learning to let my truth meet reality. That's when life taught me the lesson that you're not bigger than life. I'm, man, I'm on Def Jam records and I'm thinking I'm just I'm the man. Everywhere I went, people screaming and hollering my name. God told me back then, I gave this to you, I can take it from you. I put you here for a reason. And I tell y'all, man, now you don't have to tell me twice. And that's why I talk about angels so much. That's why I talk about love so much. That's why I talk about cherishing every second of each day so much. Because I know what it's like to have that almost taken from you. And as I said, I was dead for over four minutes. That's what the doctors told me. God must have needed me here for some reason. So now I share my story with you guys. And that's why I'm so transparent. And that's why I try to tell people and show people that it's okay to open up, man. Let your truth out into reality. Don't be afraid to hold, to let whatever's in there, let it out. Talk about it. Because guess what? Even that story I just told you guys, I'm pretty sure there's millions of other people that have a similar story to that. You know what I mean? So... I choose to open up, tell my story in hopes that it can help somebody else. And maybe, just maybe, if we learn to trust our gut feeling, maybe it can save a life. Maybe it'll save your life. You know what I mean? So with that being said, open up. Let it out. Let your truth become reality. And remember that life is our greatest teacher. And life will always teach us a lesson. That's right. We've come to the end of another great show, like I always say. It's your boy, Shook Jackson, on Life Lessons Podcast, where truth got to meet reality. And like I say, man, I hope you guys got something from it today. Hope you can go stand in front of that mirror, look in there, and love that person that you see right there, because that's what, always where it starts. You know what I mean? Remember, go download Shook Jackson on every music platform. Follow me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Music, on Twitter at Suge Jackson, and on IG at Suge Music. And stay tuned for the next episode of Life Lessons Podcast, where truth got to meet reality. That's right.